0: This episode was brought to you by Bookout Blooms. Bookout Blooms sells cut flowers and designs. They're located in South End Charlotte. They have beautiful flower arrangements for any occasion you can think of. They even have classes where you and a group of girlfriends can come and learn to make your own bouquets. So head on over to www.bookoutblooms.com to learn more information. And if you stop by the shop, tell them that those other girls sent you. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. And we are changing culture and bringing that traditional values. Okay, everyone. Today, I have my new friend, Olivia Selter on. And she's going to talk about a topic that is um, new to me. But I think it's something we definitely should be talking about, and I'm just really excited to have this conversation with her. So without further ado, Olivia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: What's up, y'all? I am a Johnson County, Tennessee girl, born and raised. Um, I went and got my bachelor's degree from ETSU in political science and then moved on and got my master's at Appalachian State. Um, I started teaching political science right out of college, literally graduated and started teaching the next month. Um, my last job was at Georgia military college. I taught political science there. Um, but while teaching, I started my own nonprofit or a 501 C3. Um, and I ended up quitting my teaching job, my teaching career, To um, pursue this full time, because I really am invested in seeing my people be a better people. Um, So a little bit about the nonprofit, it is a period poverty nonprofit, we're called Women of MC, but we wear a lot of hats, right, so we tackle a lot of the issues that women face in our community um, we're an Appalachian community at its core. So we just don't have the advantages of a lot of other counties surrounding us as far as resources go for women. Um, we don't have a homeless shelter. We do not have advocates in our community. Um We do not have a lot of the things that you would find in other communities. We don't have a soup kitchen, things that feed the hungry. We don't even have an OBGYN in our community. So there's a lot of access barriers and education barriers that our women are facing. And we've kind of taken on several roles to fill those gaps.
0: Okay, tons of questions. Um, (laughs) Wow, I just kind of, I had no idea. Like I said earlier, you guys, this is a topic I know nothing about, um, but I know it should be talked about. So first question, you say you're an Appalachian community, that means you're in the Appalachian Mountains?
2: Yes. So Appalachian is made up of, I believe, 50 some counties, and it it's inside of the Appalachian Mountains. Um We are economically different. Our culture's different from the South. We are our own unique people. Okay, so...
0: Um, oh also too for those of you listening that are not from um this area it's pronounced as she said Appalachian not Appalachian because Appalachian doesn't make any sense I just wanted to point that out <laughs> um in, in New Jersey just real quick story in New Jersey my very best friend um my freshman year we would go in arguments over it she said Appalachian something I was like oh I don't know anything about that and she's like they're in North Carolina is like and I was like, Appalachian? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so summer. <laughs> and then we were watching some show and they called it Appalachian. And I was like, I told you, like, Appalachian. I don't know what Appalachian is. Anyway, so um when you say it's the same, because, so, you know it, it encompasses more than it's not just North Carolina, right? It's
1: North Carolina, it Kentour, goes from, is it all in North Carolina? Well it goes from like yeah. Georgia all the way up to parts the of New England. Up. Mm-hmm because it's okay, like over so- god how long is that because i remember like if people hike it like you can't it's like a four month hike three yeah three to four month hike just to hike starting in georgia going all the way up so if you've Ooh. seen the movie or read the book walk in the woods that's what that's about mm-hmm. okay
0: okay so when you say um it's a different culture is it even between all those states it's Within the Appalachian people, it's the same culture, even in different states. Absolutely. Okay. Wow, that's cool. Well, I mean, Um,
2: you would think it's cool, but it's really not, right? So the Appalachian Mountains geographically restrict access for people like me and people in my community to get the things that they need. So the culture... Because of the location... I'm sorry. Because of its location? Absolutely, yes. Okay, okay. So, in a town like Johnson County, um, you can go from one side of the county to another in an hour. The distance barrier and the mountains, right? So, if it snows, you can't get down the mountains or um, there's a lot, not a lot of water access in some of the places because the water company can't get, you know, it can't reach certain people. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, we have the highest rates of opioid addiction in the entire world in the Appalachians. Wow. Um We do. We have more sickness. We no, okay, wait, sorry. Pause two seconds. Yeah. Oh, uh, like I said,
0: tons of questions. Okay, so sure. um, the opioid.
2: Thing what why is that? Um you know or sorry you know, geographically, I would say limits our access. So okay. whereas you can drive maybe 15 minutes to get to Walgreens, it would take somebody like in Johnson County over an hour. So there's no Walmart, you know, it when you're restricted in access. And big businesses don't want to come in and put their factory in creating all these jobs. Industry left the Appalachian Mountains. So, for example, in my community, we have this really high rate of job abandonment because it's all lower paying jobs. There's not these, Mm. you know, how we hear Republicans say like, well, you work your way up. Unfortunately, in my county, those higher paying jobs are so limited that people don't work their way up and they end up working, you know, this nine twenty five an hour for ten plus years, maybe getting a dollar wage or they're driving outside of the county to work and it makes for a lot of barriers for people, people to be wealthy and happy and you know, have a nice car. This American dream that we talk about isn't very real for people in the Appalachian mountains versus the rest of the South.
0: Wow. I just never thought of that. And, you know, so this is something I I do want to talk about and I would love to do an episode on this topic on its own. So so I'm born and raised in Charlotte. I went to college in New Jersey. Um, My graduate school i lived in virginia beach and i just put myself well traveled i've been out of the country to multiple different countries but i've never like it never occurred to me that there could be people who had trouble getting running water because i'm just not surrounded by that i'm just not i mean there's definitely you know certain parts in charlotte i know that they might because of um funding their streets might not be well i'll use uh in New Jersey, um, so my school was in South Orange, and right beside South Orange was Newark, and um, Newark is not a nice city, They're, the sidewalks really messed up, so the, I, in my head, I'm like, that's funny, but like, you know, they can get to the, there's, they can walk to Walgreens, you know, they can, their water might not work, but they can call someone, and like, I'm sure if they go down there, they can find options, but it just never occurred to me that there's people that are looking so separated, I and mean, then also, too, the idea that you could stick with nine twenty-five an hour and maybe go up a dollar for ten years. That's and that's awful, especially if you have a family. So I'm sure it's very hard for you know, if the wife wants to stay at home. Um so in kids. my
2: county, I will say there I don't know if you know what a child care desert is, but a child care desert is when there's only one childcare facility for every five children under five. And in my community, it's one out of 15. So women were, you know, I mean, this is a very conservative area, but there's a lot of people living off the government um, in my community to make ends meet. Not that they want to, but it's kind of the only option. But what ends up happening is, we have also the second highest rate of child abuse and neglect in the entire state of Tennessee oh. and the highest rate of teen pregnancy. So oh. what ends up happening is when you don't have access to child care, they are having to make this choice. Of, okay, am I going to have this baby and live off the government for the next five years because nobody can watch my child, so I can live my dream and go to college or um, get a nice job, or am I going to leave it with a family member or a friend I don't trust or see? Am I going to have an abortion? And mm-hmm. in my line of work, I'm meeting women who are neglecting OB care and their babies are dying in their womb. I mean, it's you know, and I've been in a Republican my entire uh, life. I've, I've worked for Republicans. Republicans are, you know, our biggest supporter. Um, like I said, I got all my state representatives to come to my event next month. But this is an issue that we're really going to get real about next month is that, you know, women are making a choice right now in my community, whether they should have an abortion or not. And it's not looking so good. Wow. Oh, that's really sad,
0: man. And Yeah, man. So <laughs> so okay, so it's a conservative area. I guess I don't know how to say this without saying it the way I'm gonna say it. So Victoria can usually word things better. So here I go, Victoria, you can fix this. How do they say about Donald Trump? Like was that like a yay,
2: Donald is for us? Like how was the Oh, I mean there were flags, trucks. Oh, it, that, that's Trump country right there. I mean, okay. we had the most Trump flags that I've ever seen in, in any other community, for sure.
0: Okay, okay. So, did they feel like things improved under Trump? They you did. I mean,
2: okay, and then do you feel that way too? Um, I definitely think that there were a lot of new businesses that popped up because people we're making more money. I know that the median oh, income okay. went up, but that was also because we have a lot of millionaires retiring in our community. Oh. So when you look at median income,
1: well, think about the people be- going up to like Boone and living in Blowing That's Rock. It. Like my little sister worked at a country club up there that had a private landing strip for their members. And like a lot oh, of yeah, yeah, Elk Elk River, are you familiar with yep. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my little sister worked as a waitress up there. And she goes, Um, there is multiple billionaires at their club.
2: And oh, Boone is getting so, so crowded that they're coming to my county. Yeah. Because oh. they like have these multi-million
1: dollar mountain houses. I mean, like Elk River's one of them, Grandfather Mountain, Limville Country Club, I've like those are all mountain. big mountain resorts um country clubs. Like there's multi million dollar houses up there.
0: So my question is if these millionaires are moving there, they have running water though, I'm assuming.
1: They are getting
0: their stuff. Okay. So, you know, not I nothing against millionaires. One day I would not be upset if I was one. But my question is, how are they getting these things when everyday hardworking people not say millionaires aren't but why are they, how are they getting these things and, you know, the average person isn't?
1: Just money or?
2: It, well, it's a lot of different things. I think that our county is very focused on improving itself by bringing the money in and they're not focusing on the ground up issues. So, okay. you know, like I said, we're the second highest rate of child abuse and neglect. And I'm not sure if Gosh. millionaires know this when they come in. Um, that they are moving into a community where poverty and child abuse and sexual, you know, sexual violence and abuse and domestic violence is very mm-hmm. prevalent among oh, women and children. Um, they just see it for how beautiful it is. And it's so beautiful. Um, I don't know if you know the song Copperhead Road. Mm-hmm. This country, That's- I probably don't. I'm not a country do. person either, but that's from my county, right? And it talks about okay, like, how and the law. Yeah, there's, um, you know, I'll the culture I think is getting better. Um, maybe not with children. I think more people are starting businesses. Um, I don't know how far and how long that's going to keep going under Biden. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's my, another problem too. Well, no, oh, let
1: me add on. To, sorry, let me add on to that real quick. So okay. what did Trump okay. do that helped the community? And what is Biden taking away that will hurt the community?
2: She, she knows it. Oh, what is he taking? I, so, what is, so what did Trump
1: do to improve the community? So what kind of policies did Trump enact that helped the community? And what kind of policies are Biden is Biden doing that's going to hurt the community?
2: I mean, honestly, I don't want to make links to Trump being president, to people starting businesses and median incomes going up. I don't want to link those two things together and say, hey, that's what caused our you know, community to get better. Um, but those are the obvious things that stick out to me when you look at the numbers. Right. So yeah. under Trump. Okay. People were making more money and more businesses got started, which is way better for our community and that's what it needs now under by sorry real quick so
1: what specifically helped them make more money
2: I have no clue I mean I don't know if the median income like I said went up because the millionaires were coming in or or, or more or if they were making more money, maybe going out of town, maybe there were more jobs available in the surrounding counties. Now, or the
1: millionaires came in, which brought more businesses in, which brought people more jobs.
2: Mm-hmm. But I really believe in my heart that that's going to halt. So under Joe Biden, yeah. I guess if we want to go there, I would say that you know now that people have been getting that extra unemployment, which is going to stop, I guess, next month. Um, Our governor is putting an end to that. Kind of like this trend we're seeing around the country, nobody's working. So we saw and are seeing a huge decline in people not going back to work, which our community is all low-paying jobs, and nobody's working. Restaurants are like, they're not serving at capacity they're begging people to work and people are just not going back and there is a part of me that says you know do you blame them I mean does it make sense to keep working so hard for nothing so I I did the math
1: the unemployment benefits is equivalent to them working full-time $15 an hour
2: yeah I mean how do you do that how do you go back to that yeah
0: especially if you have a family i just always keep thinking about families As, uh, like a man if he is finally providing for his wife and i, I doubt he's just sitting at home because that's of thing too i don't like when people say oh they're just sitting at home well some people aren't just sitting at home some people are like some people are trying to invest in their own businesses some people are some people needed this break some people like there's so many other reasons why people may not be back so I just think about that's really difficult. So what do you think is, so let's say they stop unemployment. Do you think people
2: are going to go back now that they don't have the benefits? Or no, you don't think so? I'm unsure. I think that people are very, very tired of being exploited and their work being unappreciated. I mean, I come yeah. from a community where... We already get made fun of from the rest of the state and the country. The way people talk about Appalachians, that we're all dumb, Mm -hmm. barefooted, pregnant, inbred, we don't have teeth, like you name it. We've all suffered that stereotype. And we're also a community that we don't have the resources, like say Charlotte or something, right? Like we don't Mm -hmm. have daycares. We don't have shelters. We don't have things to fix this. And listen, in in my line of work, I meet women all the time and work with women that they don't go to work because it's socially hard for them. I mean, they, when you grew up in a hauler and your social interaction was, you know, after you got out of school was maybe once or twice a week, or you've been abused, which that's very prevalent in my community. You don't feel comfortable being in, in public, especially if you're a survivor or a victim oh, of serious wow. abuse. Um, so women, you know, listen, like there's a lot of heinous stuff that goes on in hollers um, where it's so. So are the
0: haulers? Is that your city? Holler? Is that a city?
2: No, so like a hauler is like a back road that is, you know, away from the main highway, but it goes down really Uh, far and people live usually in pretty rough conditions. There's no cell phone service. And those those exist everywhere Mm. in my community, everywhere.
1: It reminds me, I don't know if you read the book, Where the Crawdads Sink. Yeah, I read
2: that book. That's
1: kind of what it reminds me of is her being out middle of nowhere, no one's surrounding her, down a dead road. That's what it reminds me of.
2: And what happens in places like that, that that I'm using my nonprofit platform to say is that in isolated areas like that, like even, you know, kind of in that crawdad book, you know, like men are abusing women and children. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sexual abuse. There's a lot of minors. I experienced that growing up in Johnson County. Men were sexual with me from the time I was 12 years old. I mean, wow, oh, wow. Know, there wasn't education. There's no sex ed. You know, people don't know what's, we're not being taught what's right or wrong. Um, women date older men, and it's 100% acceptable. Um, that's what I mean about this, like, cultural divide is that a lot of, you know, pedophilia is normalized, and a lot oh, of violence, wow. like, fighting is completely normal. You know, I could go on all day about, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where people were not a neighborhood, but a community where you know, if you had a problem with somebody, you just kicked their ass. I mean, we were not raised in these social norms that everybody else was. It's just a completely different world. <laughs> so, oh. so why is that? That's mm-hmm. to education, right? So education.
0: We, wow. If you okay. look at the
2: data, I will give you this. If you look at the data. Um, and I looked at this a lot in grad school, um, Appalachian communities are very similar to inner cities in that our education rates are very low. Our teen pregnancies are very high. So, you know, there's an obvious disconnect between Appalachian communities being educated on their bodies, on consent. Mm. Um, we're not, a lot of us don't go to a university and if we go, we don't finish, Um, Mm. you know, it's, it's different, you know, when, and I feel like there's very few isolated incidents of especially women, you know, finishing college and starting a career. I mean, I was a teen mom too. So I'm 100% that statistic of having a child as a teenager. Um, and I was also a domestic violence victim, I mean, I'm, I check all the marks that a lot of women in my community check, but the difference is, is I, I got an education.
1: How are you able to break out of that? How are you able to get that education? Like you said, especially being a team mom, you got your master's degree. Yeah. How did you do that? Um, And I guess what makes your situation different from others that are trying to do that?
2: Yeah. I, you know, God, I was, (laughs) you know, saved. Good answer, good answer. Yeah, I mean, I was saved at a really young age. My parents kept me out of, um, and this is no diss to Baptist churches, but they taught me Jesus in a way that was more empathetic and that was more, um, you know, not this kind of societal. Like I didn't have to fit all the norms that typical women in my community were. So I'm I'm actually pretty masculine on all my gender tests. I'm like 80 percent man, apparently. Um, I think that's that's my Appalachian upbringing, honestly. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, just to give you like a background is like, I got married at 18 to one of my fellow friends in high school and he joined the military because we had to get out of there. I mean, there was no way we were going to get out of poverty without him joining. Um, so we did that. And that's kind of sad. That's just a side. You no, know, that's
0: kind of sad that the only way to get out would be to you know, no diss the military. But some people aren't put, I'm not put out for that life. Like I it
1: takes a special so person. Like,
2: yeah. 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 Right here. And you know, the I think what made me different is I did get out. Granted it was a domestic violent marriage. Um, I did get out of my community and, you know, ended up seeing the world a little bit more than my counterparts and kind of learned on my own, like, Hey, like, you know, even when I was in this domestic violent marriage, you know, nobody from my hometown was telling me that the abuse was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, wow. It was very much like, you know, you know, just have sex with him, keep him happy, keep him pleased and he won't be so angry, Um, Mm. you know. And I learned on my own, you know, through being um, in college and talking to other people my age that my community was just not normal. And um. Now I'm 20, I'm almost 27. I married, um, I met my husband when he was in ROTC. Um, We have lived all over the South and um, I've definitely learned that my belief system was rooted in these twisted ideas that certain things are okay. And my husband, who was only an hour away from where I grew up, he grew up so different than I did. Wow. You know, just the culture difference. Even though we were in our heart, the mountains and the valley, it made a difference. Wow.
0: Okay. So two questions about demographics really quick. Mm -hmm. Uh racially, how is it divided? Like what percentage white, black, Hispanic, Asian, all that stuff?
2: I believe it's less than one percent.
0: Of other races. Of other races. Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. And I guess that wow. Okay. Religion. What is the breakdown religion?
2: We have 85 churches in one county <laughs>
1: of only okay, seven
2: so Christian. 000.
1: Yeah. Are okay. a lot of them Baptist or is it just mix?
2: Most of them are Baptist. Um, there's a new church that I go to now that's non-denominational and they're the fastest growing mm-hmm. church in our community. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. Race and religion. I feel like there was one more, and then gender. So, like, are there more
2: women or men? I believe there's more men, but just barely. Now, the the most like the biggest age group is like older, like the more Boomer generation. Um, okay. Young people do not stay in my community. They they run. They get out mm. real quick. <laughs> Um, there's no housing options either. So, you know, even if you did want to live in my community, um, which is Mountain City, you do not have a lot to choose from. We don't have apartment complexes. We, the only apartment complexes we have are section eight.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Which makes it really hard for young people to stay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. How do you make money? Like how do people make money in the community? They don't, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> combined, the data says that a, a coupled family makes $17 an hour. Wow. That's nothing, man. I mean, it's just people are poor. And we're so used to the poverty that we don't see the actual issues that stem from it. It's a cycle. It becomes a cycle. Just like the you city. You're, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, to go back to like my nonprofit is like, man, we talk about everything, like empowering women, you know, helping them, you know, even though I'm a Republican, you know, my office is full of computers to help people sign up for government and social programs because 99% of them will qualify. And my belief is like, look, if you qualify for this, use it. Well, that's the whole point of the government programs.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point: is get people off their feet during times of struggle, help them pay those bills for them to have a job.
2: And the unfortunate right. thing is, is that only thirty five percent of people in my community have stable internet. So, as a Republican, thirty five percent. Wow, yeah, that's that access wow. barrier of like the mountains. You just don't have Wi Fi. So, how did that so, affect?
1: Like, with everyone going on Zoom and, like, with COVID, how did that affect the kids?
2: (laughs) When those kids went virtual, it was an absolute disaster. It was a disaster. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, and that's no insult, but that's 100% what it was. How far behind it is? Sorry, go ahead, Mel. Well,
0: I was going to say my friend uh, is in Wake County, and half of our district, I don't know if it's actual action, but half of our district isn't even wired for Wi-Fi. Yeah, ours isn't
2: either. So they
0: had to, yeah, they had to just figure it out. So really quick about the Wi-Fi thing. So I don't know technology at all. How do you wire, like, is it just, there's no place to put the rods? It's like cell phone tower.
1: They yeah. don't have the cell phone okay. towers there.
2: And there's just no place? Or people are just like, why should we do it here? Like, what's the... I mean, so Tennessee actually got millions of dollars um, to fund grants to build this material, or you know, I wish I was tech savvy and understood all of that too. Um, but my nonprofit, we worked really hard to get free Wi-Fi at the park during COVID, um, and that ended up they said it was going to cost over ten thousand dollars just to put the equipment in because it mm. had never there was never internet there before and. They wanted fiber optic. And we ended up having to say, no, we didn't have $10,000. Um, and a lot of kids just didn't do right. So my daughter, I I live in a great community and we had internet, but my child went insane looking at a computer seven hours a day. And as a mother, I had to make that choice. Am I going to make her do this? Or am I just going to like let her be a kid and say, look, when school opens back up, I'll put you in school. But I ended up, and this is very personal, and I don't even care, but I got a letter from the courts, y'all, that said my daughter had missed too many days. And I I was like, take me to court. My daughter is in enrichment. She's advanced. She's accelerated. I'll go before a judge. Find me. I mean, I'm not going to make my kid endure that kind of stress she was under if I don't think healthy for her. Um yeah. But in these Appalachian homes, man, like abuse and neglect, and it's like, look, like these these kids, school was their safe zone. It's where they got fed. It's Mm. it was that getaway from their parents that are suffering from addiction.
1: How did COVID How did impact the that? area?
2: Y'all. So my community already is economically behind. So you can only imagine, you know, what that did to us. We saw suicides go up. Um, I think there were at least 10 people that I was in kind of my age group that died last year. Um, three You're of just, which that, I knew due to covid or due to suicide suicide and overdose yeah it wow. was it we oh. saw an uptick of violence suicide and addiction it was bad mm.
0: did a lot
2: of people get covid in that area was it like no no, no not at all i mean really we you know, there were some people, unfortunately, that passed away. RIP. Yeah. You know, that was very unfortunate, but the numbers always were pretty low. I mean, I thought comparatively. We have I a prison. Say comparatively. We have a prison and they included those numbers from the prison in oh, our graphics.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's tricky. Wow. Though. Wow. That wow.
2: Oh so um wow yeah (laughs) it's like the one you know the one big corporation we have which we do have a plant um but is that where a lot of people work yeah but they leave they don't stay they do not stay what is the plant is
1: it like a chicken plant or
2: no it's a cotton okay like they make clothes oh wow yeah mm -hmm. And then you've got a prison, which is like mentally, it's like, man, it's so hard on people's mental health and we have no resources. So we have no recovery programs. We have, um, like, like I said, no advocacy for victims, so no mental health nonprofits. I mean, we're dealing with our problems, you know, like during COVID, it was easier to get meth than it was a job wow
0: wow you know wow and that's and honestly that i feel like is a cultural difference because i wouldn't even know where to start to get my and i you know i live in a city i I wouldn't even like in all honesty i wouldn't even know where to where to start you know obviously like the whole weed thing everybody everybody, everybody, i
1: don't
2: even know know where
0: to get
1: weed in my community like a lower (laughs) end drug (laughs) yeah Yeah, well, I think like weed we a little more accessible, but
0: the whole point being, um, I just don't, like, that's so sad. So, okay, really quick, I wanted to touch this, because you talk a lot about this on your Instagram, and it's like hashtag, and I see sometimes on Facebook,
2: period property. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so it's basically just when you as a human being do not have access to hygiene needs such as pads and tampons.
1: You know that's so- crazy. So I've been to Haiti. I've seen ones like living off like two dollars a day. And it's cra- and like that was one of the things that our nonpro like head of our nonprofit says is like there's no pads periods nothing or not not periods tampons like like nothing no like
0: they don't get periods. yeah
1: (laughs) yeah. no like feminine hygiene and i was like yeah third world country this makes sense and they're like we should be doing like more like drives for that stuff and so that made sense to me but the fact that this community in the united states in like the states that like i mean we live in it, it just amazes me yeah so yeah keep exactly. well, the problem. Know, yeah
2: I so worldwide, like well, in the United States, I think it's about one in five people don't have consistent like access to pads and tampons, which means really you know, one in five yeah, like, like they, they don't know if they're gonna be able to afford next month. So when your period secure, that means like you know that next month you're gonna be okay. You know, or, or you don't have oh, to ask somebody else to buy them for you. Um, the, the problem with my community is it's one in two. Okay. So uh, we have only Dollar Generals. We do not have a Walmart. So uh, Dollar Generals that like to or a target themselves oh, yeah. in these Appalachian communities as like, oh, we're cheap. No, honey. Honey, no. Like a box of pads and tampons over $5. Whereas yeah. like I can go to Walmart and it's 217. You know what I'm saying? It's like wow. I feel like Dollar General exploits poor people yep. and makes Absolutely. them feel like they're getting a discount. Um and I so never like, like
0: Dollar General. I'm
2: just gonna put that out there because everything is generally a dollar. It's not nothing to make a dollar. That's just
0: nothing. No shade to
2: Dollar General, I guess, but shade to them. continues. So we partnered up with the period movement, which is like this, like national period poverty nonprofit. And they sent us hundreds of diva cups, which are like 30 some dollars, but they sent us hundreds. And we push those, man. Like we have those at a grocery store. Like we partnered up with a grocery store where women can walk in and say, I need a diva cup. Boom. You got one for free. You know, we have them at our office because- Nothing can last 10 years. You know what I mean? And in a poor community, it makes sense to me that these cups are the perfect solution to be giving away, you know, obviously alongside with pads and tampons. But, you know, in our schools before I came in, there were no free pad dispensers. They don't Mm. allow girls to even use tampons. Well, you can use a tampon. But the schools will not offer them. Okay, that.
0: Okay, so in some Christian cultures, tampons are very, very controversial. Yes, I didn't grow up with tampons, and you know, at TMI. I still personally am like low key afraid. So I haven't used a tampon, but that's another point. Um, that is very fascinating, though, that like adults here, adults would not. Like I would offer a kid a tampon if they knew how to use it. That is yeah. so, that's wild. And so um... I guess that goes back to the culture thing and then the whole like probably the religious aspect of it. Because so I know that that's why
2: my whole. Well, for me, I but- always used a tampon because I played sports that's it it's it's, it has a lot to do with athletes and athletes are the ones that ask for the tampons
1: well here's the other
0: thing too myself and a few other girls swim team we just wouldn't swim that week
2: wow i've had my
0: period i've had my period since i was 10 and i did swim team up until 14 and i just wouldn't swim that week if i had my period
2: that's what that's the point In public schools, they need to be teaching girls that it's not a scary thing and that a tampon... I agree. I agree completely. Because if your home isn't doing it, okay. But I feel like it's up to the schools to be able to say, like, hey, girls, you know, this. here's how you put a tampon in. But what I've learned is that in my county specifically they are not allowed to even show a picture of a vagina um because they it's too sexual to even show these girls how to use it and i'm always like you know tell me how a young woman's going to get turned on by a sketch drawing of their own body part where they're learning right. they're, in, they're in a learning environment you know this isn't some You know, we're not sitting in our room with sexy music playing like we're in a classroom, Right. And I I do think,
0: you know, I know a lot of people are very iffy about sex education, but I think that basic things such as like a tampon, I I do think it would be nice if a parent said that. But if you're going to do science, if you're going to do health, this is part of science and being a healthy, functioning adult. So I right. do think it should be at least blocked over. Even if they don't, you know, and not showing the picture of the vagina. I just, I do think if you're going to talk about health, you should, and I, I personally think that the boys and the girls should be separate during this. But like, Agreed. I do think it is something that's very important.
1: Okay, remind me. To, I well, feel hold, like, uh, I don't know if you to Hold okay. on, real quick. So I'm laughing because my public school, sixth grade health class, they made us watch a swatch of baby being born. In the sixth
0: grade? Yes. And I'm laughing because it's like, we're even show attack. a picture
1: of vagina to put a tampon in. And boy, did I see a vagina of a baby coming out of it. Right. Oh my goodness. In <laughs> the 12th grade, they showed us, but then they told us when it was going to happen. So we wanted to close our eyes. We would close our eyes. Oh, I kept my I head down my the eyes. whole time. I'm like, I'm not looking at this. The, the, I, and then like, all the I girls couldn't. were like, oh, the baby came out green. I'm like, I'm not looking. <laughs> Oh, my gosh.
0: But, like, the thing is, um. oh, I know what I was going to say. So, I don't know if you to our episode with Mary Kate, but I think their organization would be really good to partner up with. Oh, yes. They talk about, like, um more, like, talking to girls, young girls about their bodies and, and, like, from how a important perspective. their bodies are from a Christian perspective their femininity. But I really do think that part of the teen pregnancy problem, I think, uh, good chunk of it's just not knowing like
1: not talking how about
0: important, it not talking about it not knowing how important you are how important your body is and i think that has more to do with it than just like completely ignoring the situation
1: and we've talked about this before too um even with like my public school health class like I learned a lot but it wasn't until my, my husband and I are Catholic it wasn't until we had to do premarital stuff where they taught us how to track your cycle for 28 days and how to use that as birth control instead of like the pill or whatnot like I didn't even learn that then and it's like this makes sense like you just don't have sex when you're ovulating
2: and yeah, it just yeah, like amazes me that.
1: like the lack of information because i was taught okay if you want to have sex before you're married you need to be on birth control or he uses a condom if you don't want to get pregnant just be abstinent like that, those are like the three options either be abstinent well, birth control or condom
2: this is very historical and you know love you ronnie but when reagan was very advocate about uh making sex ed abstinent only. And that's what happened after Mm. the Reagan era is a lot of these Southern states took that on. We look at the data now and it had the opposite effect. So in all the states that have abstinent only, they have the highest teen rate pregnancies in the country. Mm. Um, And, you know, working as a grassroots nonprofit, we meet young women, women in their 20s their 30s. That don't understand how things work with their own body. Yeah. And yeah, I believe that. It's very sad to me how uninformed. And there's so many, like you said, there's Christian, godly ways in teaching a woman about their body. And I think that's what's made our community trust us is that we're not explicit. I mean, we don't post pictures of bleeding vaginas and we don't, you know, we're not explicit. I mean, some of our talks, yeah, we do talk about orgasms and we talk about pleasurable sex, but it all comes from this like healthy perspective of like, Hey, you own your body. Nobody else does. Like, listen, Mm -hmm. you can say, no, you're not obligated, you know, and you are in control because we have so many domestic violence, like instances in our community that I feel like I've got to tell these women, like, look, you don't have to do that. You don't.
0: And I bet some people have never even heard that before. Like, what do you mean? I don't have to, that's probably news to them.
2: I mean, I thought I didn't have to, I mean, listen, I was in a domestic violence marriage and my community was telling me, well, I need to have sex with him more. Wow. That's so sad. Keep him satisfied. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I have one last question. But Vic, do you have any other questions?
1: I've learned so much today. (laughs) Oh, me too. Oh, I do have, I'm sorry, I do have one more. (laughs) Would Biden and the Democrats wanting to propose a $15 minimum wage, would that help or hurt the community?
2: I think it would help 100%. I mean, look, when we had our congressional race last year, Um, that was the first time in my heart that I voted Democrat. I was not a Tennessee, um, resident at that time. And, but I was so supportive and publicly supportive that there's a picture of me holding a Trump flag beside the democratic candidate for Congress. Um, and that got plastered (laughs) on the news. (laughs) Um, that is funny. (laughs) Well, and you know, I just think what Republicans believe don't make sense in my community. It just doesn't. And she was very advocate about um, God. What is it about? Like, what do you call it? UBI? Universal Basic Income. And I thought, no way, absolutely not. That's so against my conservative values. But like I said, when there's not these higher paying jobs available, you know, what could we do with UBI? Like, you know, what could we see? Because right now, companies and corporations have no interest coming to my community. They don't. There's nothing attracting them to us. There's nothing that's, we're not very appealing in that sense, other than how beautiful we are. So it's a great retirement place, right? like people love to retire there. Um, But do I think it would work? Yes. And when I hear Kamala Harris talk about childcare being, you know, I'm like, yes. And when I hear, you know, them talk about broadband, I'm like, yes, you know, all of that. I would love to hear Republicans talk about this. I want to hear Republicans talk about women um, and how we're marginalized and, I want to hear Republicans talk about all these things, and that's what we're trying to do next month, right? So we're bringing in all these elected officials that are Republican and they're hearing it from me and they they know what side I'm on, so they don't see me as you know a liberal threat or a feminist or they don't you're see not me someone
1: with- coming outside the community to try to advocate for the community.
2: That's it, and that's what scares them. They would not be. As good with me, I think, if I was that way. Right. But but it's having these conversations like, look, you are going to lose so many people in our party if you do not appeal to the fact that people my age, millennials, are A in all this student debt. We're trying to find decent jobs to help us get out of this debt, and none of it's working. And we've been exploited. We're tired of working $9 an hour with an MA you know, and until I hear Republicans, you know, talk more about this, it's, it's sad, but it, you know, if it wasn't for the abortion issue, I probably would be a Democrat, probably.
0: I really like this perspective because a Republicans tend to just stick with, and they don't ever want to tell, like, their opposing views in the monolith which you know that's a whole nother conversation but I really 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 like that you shared that with us and I like that like you said I like that you're an insider like you're not some girl with pink hair that went and like did a missions trip to the Appalachian Mountains and now she's like I must save everybody you know <laughs> yeah and yeah and then she like comes with her bleeding pictures
2: everywhere I really in appreciate honesty, that you. I really want to put this out there. There are nonprofits that operate out of an agenda, right? So they have an agenda. They don't really care about the people. I don't want to say that, but their agenda is more important than the needs of the people. And Mm. I feel like our nonprofit is all about the people. So if being a radical feminist makes people uncomfortable, you damn right I'm not going to be one. You know, I'm going to make my organization as as appealing and comfortable as I can because half of my team are, are flaming libs, y'all. And I love them. And they, you know, they are so far left. And then the other half is so far right. And since we've been doing this, I never asked them to do this, but our political views... They don't ever talk about them anymore. I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Honestly. I I think it's, and that's in their personal belief. Also, too, what I think we forget and what I always want to cultivate on this podcast in our community that we're creating is that you can still be friends with people who disagree with you. You can have differing opinions on things. And if you can have civil conversations, you might be able to change the other person's mind, you might not. But that's what's important for us to be able to. To have civil conversations where we can talk to each other about how we truly feel and we can listen because honestly, like I had never heard, I'll say 98% of what you just shared with us. And to be honest, it never occurred to me that some people really did need the $15. It, or that's not true. I thought about some people really needing the $15 basic income, but I didn't think it was whole communities. I, in my head, I'm like, well, they probably can just go there's a nonprofit down the street from them, i'm sure but if you have all of these barriers you can't do that and that's something that we just don't some of us just don't think about that's something like you know as a republican as a, a lifelong republican that's something that i just haven't thought about because of where i'm located because of the experiences that i have had so it's really good to hear these things from someone who has had different experiences and who has the same goals and values as us they just had different experiences, so you come to different conclusions, and I think that's I mean, that is some uh, I'm really glad we had this conversation. But, really quick, last question okay, I am like flabbergasted, I need to know what to do next. How do we help you? How do we help people like this? Um, and what, what do we do?
1: And okay. I'll add on, what does the government need to do to improve the community?
2: Yeah, so. I guess the, I want to answer Victoria's um, question first. What our government needs to do, um, it needs to start on a local level. We need to start taking education more seriously. We need to start, um, you know, even doing more trainings with our teachers about sexual assault, about child abuse. Like our entire school system needs to be trauma-informed mm-hmm. at this point because ACEs trauma-informed. ACES costs, um, and ACES is adverse childhood experiences. And, um, most of my friends score a seven to 10. I'm very lucky. I, you know, my trauma didn't come until after I got out of my house. So my brain was more developed when I experienced my trauma. Um, but it costs my state alone, $52 billion in healthcare and how it does that. Is if you've suffered from an adverse child experience, which is like nine out of 10 people in my community, which means you face some sort of violence or you've seen something or, you know, you, you look that up. You can take an ACEs test and you can see where you fall on the spectrum. But when you have a community where it's like nine out of 10 have a score, nine out of 10, nine to 10, they end up having stress induced health issues. Mm. So. Um, one of my friends right now, she is 27. She was a teacher, middle school teacher, amazing woman, but she scored a 10. And we are 27 years old, and she has terrible anxiety, depression. She she has gray hair. Okay. You know, she's got a lot of health, mental health issues that stems from her childhood, and you know, she was very resilient. So If we are teaching these kids and approaching these kids trauma informed and how to teach them to be resilient, which I think our community is just now starting to do, um, they will come out not as traumatized. And the likelihood of them getting a cardiovascular disease, being addicted to drugs, which leads to all these other problems like cancer, you'll see less of that. But Tennessee, man we're the wild west you know like we have a lot of policies that a lot of other states don't have I mean we can carry a gun now without a permit conceal carry um you know we can have it loaded you know it's just we've got to start taking our people's experiences more seriously and listen I talk a lot but Appalachians are storytellers man like we're good at telling our stories but we've just never had the platform you know we we don't have the internet we we're not cool like you know the the cities the tri cities area we we don't have a downtown you know but our our voices oh, deserve so yeah. yeah i agree completely and just know that this
0: podcast is definitely a platform that you can definitely use um Anything, if you guys need stuff, like, please message me. We'll post about it. Link anything you need. Like, this, we will do our best to help myself in the audience. And I know, like, we get messages from people that, like, genuinely listen and want to help whenever we share things like this. So, seriously, like, this is a platform you can 100% use. So, what else can we do to help you guys?
2: I mean... A awareness, like letting people know about us, you know, I feel like we've done a good job on social media, informing and having these conversations. You can go on our videos and just listen to our stories. Um, we have a great website. It's women of You know, there's a donate button. We've got an Amazon list that if your heart is led to send us, you know, diva cups or pads or whatever it is. Um, we work with the homeless, we feed children, we, we do all kinds of things. So your pennies go a long way. I mean, if you donated $5, that's a hygiene kit for a girl that can't, whose parents don't have a vehicle to go get her stuff. So, um, this weekend we're delivering 150 meals, like summer kits and hygiene kits to kids whose parents don't have transportation. Wow.
0: Um, so another question I just thought of does this your nonprofit does it work with the entire Appalachian or just just the Mountain City
2: area? So we're very focused on our own community because we have just so much work to do. Like there's just Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do serve all of Appalachia. So we actually pick um nonprofits every month that are considered Appalachian. So in one of those counties, and we just send them pads and tampons with like, you know, an educational flyer about why period poverty is important and why at their facility to, you know, keep that conscious mind that women do bleed. And, you know, if you're serving women, make sure you include those things. Um So we serve. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I was asking because Sitting here thinking, I was like, that could be something that we could just do like year round, Vic. Like, because mm-hmm. it's a woman thing. Like, all women bleed, only women bleed, and um this is something we could help with year round. And I was just thinking, so we could send it to you, and then you can get it to
2: other, like all up and down um the mountain.
1: Yeah, is what
2: I'm trying I mean, to say. Okay, we are slowly expanding, um, right. I was very honored to hear last night. I talked to our state representative um, in the Tennessee House, and he told me that he was at an event and that there were people from the United Way that went up to the governor and said, "We want to fund more nonprofits in Johnson County." And I knew who nice. that was, and it was like, you know, he was like, "Yeah, I told them you, you know, you, you were who I told the governor and." Um, who I'm going to say needs the funding. And, you know, that's my heart. This made that's me, I felt- so good.
0: Yeah. That's great. I mean, this has been so informative. I, in my head now, I'm like, okay, so this is what we can do. Like, okay, <laughs> I,
2: I, like, this is, wow. And my mom's wow. from Charlotte. My entire family lives up there oh. on my mom's oh, side. Cool. So if I'm ever in town, I'll hit y'all up. Yes, please do. I live with Charlotte. She lives in Greensboro.
0: Okay. Right?
1: So not, not too far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if you are in town, maybe we could all get lunch or something. She can come down. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, I guess. Thanks, everybody. Well, first of all, thank you, Olivia, for coming on. This has been great. Um, thanks, I think like I say out with everybody, but I really do feel like the topics we talk about are just informative. They're interesting it's just oh, this is it's been good um and everyone thank you so much for listening uh i will
2: link oh olivia can tell us how people can get in contact with you so the yeah. website To so you got the and, website women in mountain and then you look us up on facebook it's women of mc and we're on instagram as well
1: perfect awesome. um, we'll be posting all that in the show notes thanks y'all. yes
0: yes We'll post all that there. So yeah, everybody, thanks so much for listening. You guys have a good rest of your day, morning, evening, night, or whenever you're listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms.